I'm Josh. Andrew Burden, thanks for coming on. Andrew reached out and got you to come on to tell everyone how you will never go broke again. Or if you went broke again today, what skills you know and can do so that you can get back to where you are and further. So thanks for hopping on. I really appreciate you guys. Yeah. So um, what are you working on now? Like if your bank account went to zero right now, like what do you, what would you do? So the cool thing about one of the businesses that I'm in is like my primary is the roofing and contracting business. So I would literally just go knock doors. We knock doors now. It's kind of our culture. You know, we go and we do free roof inspections and things like that. But I mean, if my back was against the wall and I didn't have any marketing, I had zero dollars, you know, anything. I didn't have like, I, I built the machine, right? The machine is, is going. But if push came to shove, I just literally go knock doors. I'd file claims and then I would be back within 90 days. I'd be back to exactly where I am probably now. So I've, I've had my back against the wall several different times. I remember when the real estate market crashed in 2008, nine and 10, like it was kind of like one, it was kind of like a slow, you know, slow process. I was in, I was a realtor and um, I always kept my pipeline full. I, I, when people like, even with COVID, you know, two years ago or this year, like whatever COVID started happening and they started locking everything down. You know, I started thinking, I was like, guys, people are still home here in Dallas. You know, it was, um, it was still relatively normal. So we would just go knock doors. We would just be more cognizant of like knock on the door and then step back, do free roof inspections. And we would file insurance claims or, you know, cause roofs, whether there's COVID or there's a lockdown or like the world's ending, like you still need to protect your house and you just protect you know, the main investment of your home. So the roof. So with that, I'd go knock doors, I'd file claims and I'd be back where I was right now. And I train people to do it. I'm consulting with roofing companies. I spoke at a a large conference this past weekend about culture and how to build teams and how to pour into your people and, and leadership and all of that. So I would literally just apply what I already know and be back in business. So how do you, how do you knock on doors? What's, what's the secret, the door knocking, man, the secret sauce is not to be a weirdo. Um, <laughs> I think that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? So in all seriousness, what we talk about is kind of being the attractable character. Um, one of the things we do with culture, because a lot of people are going to look at you through their ring, you know what I mean? And, and it's always kind of weird, like, who's at my door or something like that. Um, so what we typically do is, you know, the secret sauce is just go up, knock on the door, step back off the curb. One thing that we really bring to the contracting industry is we bring like a white collar approach to a blue collar industry. So literally, we look like we just stepped off the PGA. So I think, you know, like, you're not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but people do, right? So if you got a nice polo on, you know, we got our logo on there, like belt, pants, looking squared away, groomed, you know, you're smiling, you, you, you don't look, you're not up there like real pensive because people are going to feel that energy. So we literally just knock the door, they answer the, you know, they answer the door. I say, hey, how you doing? I'm Burton Hughes with Newview Roofing. I'm working with your neighbor, Brad, three doors down. We just noticed you had some damage on your roof right now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take five minutes, jump up on your roof. If there's damage, because I can see it from the ground, but I really just want to get up there. If there's damage, um, We'll get your insurance company to pay for it and obviously just keep in, chip in your deductible. Or if it's just a small repair, we'll just do it for free. You know, like I said, I just noticed, you know, something, I, I would just say something like that. And the next thing you know, I'm up on the roof. And if there's damage, um, we do our thing. So I don't want to give my whole pitch, but that's in a, gen, you know, grand scheme of things. That's what we, that's what we do. Andrew so. likes door knocking. I, I, I love door knocking. So do you have, yeah, yeah, we do, we door knock, we door knock here and there. So do you have analytics like every 20 door, do you do that? Or are you just kind of like, yeah, just door knock and, and that's it. So that's the pattern. 
we have all the technology. We have all the apps. We've got the sales rabbit. We've got the hail recon. So the nice thing about here in Dallas, Texas is we relatively have storms. I mean, on a regular basis, but the only thing is, is it's simple, not easy. You know, knocking the doors is simple, but like the process itself is, is very complex, but I think people overcomplicate it. Um, analytics state that the chances are every four to seven years, someone's going to need a new roof in DFW. That, that's just, that's just what it is. But you also then have to factor in that there's 2,600 licensed registered contractors in DFW. Did you say they're going to need a new roof every how often? Every four to seven years is the average roof um, that's destroyed by weather here in Dallas. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Sorry, keep going. No, 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 you're good. So, like, we're, we're putting 30-year shingles on, but letting people know, like, it's four to seven years is the average roof tenure, like, like duration. Um, it's four to seven years because these storms that come through, we're, we're at the north part of Texas. So, we're at the bottom swing of the, the you know, like the jet stream. So it'll literally be like a blizzard, you know, in the panhandle, kind of the Oklahoma, Albuquerque, all that'd be like a blizzard, but it'll be 60 degrees where we are because it swings. So that brings tornadoes, hail, hot and cold. I mean, it'll be 60 degrees and then drop and be like 30 degrees tornadoes. That's what happens. So a lot of times um, just those weird weather patterns for whatever, for whatever reason, Dallas is just, we just get hammered and our homeowners insurance premiums are higher because of that. You know, because in the Midwest where I was from, like the only time you change the roof is you just like one of the different color. But then down here, it's quick. So I think, you know, how it all balances out is that people aren't filing claims in the north. And then people in Dallas, we're doing it relatively often. So I think the numbers bounce off because obviously the insurance companies are making, you know, are, are profitable. But that's the thing with Dallas is this, it's just a really volatile climate. So, so, so analytics. Is there, uh, there was two. There, I, 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 I didn't miss that. Is, is, Sorry. Oh, it's all good. I, I was going to ask, like, is there a solution for that? Like, or you just have to keep replacing the roof? There's not, because the thing is, is like we can go to an impact resistant hail, but then like in April this past year, baseballs were like baseball size hail was falling from the sky, like asteroids. And then back five years ago in Wiley, Texas, we had hail so big, they were size of grapefruits. They were like cannonballs literally flying through the roofs coming through the wood decking and literally killing people in their homes. So no, like they're not always like that, but like, imagine like literally sitting in your house and fucking cannonballs are coming through your roof because like, that's what happened, you know? So there's really no type of roof other than being like a fortified, like, you know, like a fort that you could really do about it. So the thing is what we do is we just make sure that we're constantly checking the roofs once a year, making sure everything's squared away. Um, they've got different roof ratings, but guys, once the hail gets above, you know, ping pong, baseball, golf ball, all bets are off. So good for me. So, so I was talking about <laughs> the roofing, like, what's that? I said good for the roofing companies, right? I mean, we're recession yeah. proof. <laughs> so, so yeah. So are you went from real estate into roofing? That's, I mean, that's sort, not yeah. too far off, but yeah. Did you say that you, you transitioned when the real estate market went down and you were like, all right, I'm just going to go knock on doors. And is that how the transition occurred? Not exactly. So in 2000, so I'm 39. When I was 21, I was in college. Like I didn't love it. I knew I was going to be in sales. I just didn't know. Like I needed to find the vehicle. 
And um, I started working for a custom builder as an assistant. And I have a pretty cool story. I'll tell you guys about that sometime. But I literally walked into this guy's office. His assistant was kind of screwing off. This guy was working 25 hours a week, 25 hours a week, just ripping cigs, sitting in a model home, just selling houses. And he needed an assistant like Tuesday, Saturdays, and Sundays. So I said, now I'm just going to come work for you. And then I got into the new home sales. So I started doing that. I was like 16 years younger than everyone. So I started getting into that. There was another company that was like super high pace, high pressure, make a lot of money. But like, also like, you're always worried if you're going to get fired, if you weren't hitting your numbers. But I kind of, I like, I like that. I like that energy. So I went to go work for this company and I learned. And then um, one thing that I found is even when you go and you, you go and work for these companies, there's criminals, right? So I saw people, and I've seen the good, bad, the ugly. I saw people like making W-2s and, 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 and falsifying tax returns. And I mean, just all this crazy stuff to get people qualified. And the next thing I know, the, like our local newspaper, the Columbus Dispatch in Ohio wrote this thing called Brokered Dreams. And it was talking about like all the stuff that we were doing, you know, not we, not us, but like the company was doing to kind of push and finagle numbers, you know, to get people to qualify on homes on like two, one buy down. So I learned the construction business. Then I got into real estate because it was a natural progression. Now I'm not just, you know, tied to one builder. Now I can sell all homes. And then, so I, I've been doing that really my entire life. I've been, but, but with sales, I've been a consultant for fitness sales, you know, car sales, motorcycle sales, like, you know, roof sales. It wasn't until about three years ago um, that I decided to put my roofing, like kind of put the roofing hat on and literally just come here and do remodeling, restorm, restoration and stuff like that. I had never really knocked doors before, but, you know, a few of my friends were in the business. They said, come out to Dallas, check things out. Well, I did. I killed it. Now I have an online training program, how to tell, you know, teach people how to door knock, door knock. But all we're doing is just, it's like I said, they all kind of in the same little bubble. I like the fast pace of this because I remember when you're building homes, it's nine to 12, 15 months. But here it's, you know, it's a 90 day cycle. So it's relatively quick. I like the fast pace. I love working with homeowners, but I also like to be outside. So it gets me out of the office. So it was a perfect fit. And I think that's why I've excelled so well with this is, it's literally the perfect job for me, like, like personality, like down to my DNA. Like I love what I do and it's fast paced. It's outside and it's in the real estate contracting. And then it allows me to be in homes. And then if we want to buy something, we can buy something. We got Airbnbs, we got rentals. I mean, so we're just involved in, in all sides. So. So, yeah, you got, you got a lot going on, Burton. So, I mean, you got, I'm looking on Instagram, you got Lambos. Are those yours? Yeah, man, I got Lambos, Ferraris, Rolls Royce. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I like cars. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're doing well. So what is that like, like in the beginning, you mentioned uh, you have like the machine. The machine yeah. is your roofing company, correct? So what, is, what does that look like? Explain to our audience what that looks like for people who are looking to build a business. How many people do you have? What, what does that look like for you? So I'm an entrepreneur. So a few of my oh, friends- okay. I, I'll explain because roofing has allowed me. So you got to do what you, what did you say? Like do what you have to do. So you get to do what you want to do. Right. There's nothing sexy about roofing. There's nothing, there's nothing like, there's not, I mean, it's nothing cool. I like it, but it's not sexy. It's not like, Oh, I'm in crypto. You know, all these different things. People are like, Oh, you're, you're roofing. I'm like, yeah. they're like, huh? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's not sexy. There's nothing sexy about it. But, but what roofing has allowed me to do yeah. guys, allows me to be in different rooms. And then one thing that I'm constantly doing is I'm investing back into myself. I'm joining masterminds, you know, with the cars in my book, I just wrote, you know, one of the 
you know, assets that I talk about is like networking um, with the Lamborghinis that, that I, that I've always have loved. And I've, I've like literally into my DNA, I leverage the relationships that I make from being in these Lamborghini clubs and a kid from, that grew up in a single wide trailer in Columbus, Ohio, by no means, there was no silver spoon. I've always had to work for what I had, but I always had the dream that, you know, I was going to have these cars. I was going to own them when I'm not just owning them to be like, cool, look at me. Like, I'm literally owning these cars because I got involved with a tech company. We're building apps for politicians. We are literally building apps for countries. We just built out an app for Dubai. Okay. I got into that group. I got brought into that business because I had the same car as a guy. This guy just sold his company last two years ago for $200 million. And he was looking at one of my IG videos about how we stain fences. And he's like, man, I must've watched it 20 times. He's like, let's link up. I like what you do. Next thing you know, I'm in a multi-million dollar, you know, business I'm, you know brought it brought in as a partner because they like what i do and they like the way i you know i approach my business so i'm in that company and then another guy started a company where i'm, I'm heavily invested in is we actually can take crypto convert it to us dollars and you can scan a qr code on your phone and you can check out any retailer we're signed up with target best buy all these big companies but the thing is you see me roofing but then over here it allows me to invest and get diversified in other companies you see what i mean it's like Roofing is like the is like the, the nucleus. And then basically it's allowing me to dabble and play in the other areas because I've been successful here, but I've poured all my energy into one, making the money that I need and then investing it from there. And I think that's where most people get they 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 make the mistake is they think that if they try to do too many things at once, like they'll be spread too thin. Well, if you focus on one thing, you put all your eggs in, in one basket and you watch them closely then you can start dabbling in other things. And that's what I've done. And that's why you're seeing me. I wrote a book. It's number three on Wall Street Journal. Number one in all catters on Amazon. All I did was just say, this is what I do. Because a lot of people were saying like, man, you, you got all this stuff going on. How do you do it? Well, I still have breakfast and dinner with my kids every day. Like I'm still doing all these things. It's just my, I'm very intentional. I'm very like for purpose. And that's how I'm able to do it is do what you have to do. So you do what you want to do. And then once you start making money, then, then you can start dabbling in other things. And if you're making right decisions and you're on the right people at the right time, like amazing things are going to happen. But you have to be able to take the risk. You got to be able to stomach and go knock doors when it sucks and when it's 108 degrees outside. You also need to know when someone says, hey, I want you to take this meeting. You're, you know, you, you take it. You take the chances. I, that, that's I think the biggest thing for me is I've been willing to take some of the risks but I'm also able to see opportunity and I'm in proximity with people that are like really doing some, you know, some big things. So that's basically in a grand nutshell is I use roofing and, and some of these other things to, to allow me to have opportunities to play in other, to, in other fields and areas. So. What, what was, so roof, what was something that have you, yeah, have you bought ahead, something Josh. that you're buying or burden? Have you bought something that you're like, oh. man, I shouldn't have bought that. No, because I don't just recklessly spend. I know sometimes. Yeah, talk, I, talk about that though, because a lot of people get on Instagram like, "Oh, I want all those cars." However, you bought them for a different reason, and obviously on social media, some people use what you have for bad things. Yeah, so I think that comes down to intent. Um, one of the biggest things for me, guys, is ten percent of my income for the first the the first ten percent, the first dollar. <laughs> I'll put it back into our church. It goes, I, I, I type 10% without question, 10% goes, goes immediately. So right there, my purpose is bigger than me. And then here's another thing. Too many people, listen, whoever's listening, we'll write this down. I heard this not too long. Too many people are worried about the payment and not thinking about the payoff. 
So we can sit here and talk about, you know, should you, you know, should you invest $20,000 a month in marketing? That's a big number. It's 220 grand. Like it'll literally make you sick. But if you're investing 20 and it's going to pay you 60,000 on the back end, like why wouldn't you do it? So I think a lot of times like people see like the cars and sell this kind of stuff. Like I firmly believe if you're smart, if you're cash flowing and you're doing things the right way, I know a lot of people were exposed really during COVID. A lot of these like fake Instagrammers and stuff. And they're like, oh, the cars are leased. And they're, you know, but when COVID happened, like a lot of people disappeared. It really weeded out a lot of people because, you know, they were, it was all fake. They were renting these cars and they were like leasing these, these mansions or whatever, just to film content. But then when COVID happened and everything locked down, like where was all these cars? Like where were these, these houses and these, these, these condos and all these places you see. But the thing is, is like, if you're doing the work and you're putting in the work daily, there's, there, there's, you, you can't fake it. You can't fake success. You can't fake being in shape. Like someone like me, I'm in the gym twice a day. I'm having breakfast and dinner with Mike. You can't fake being in shape. You can't fake drive. Listen, motivation's temporary. But if you're purpose driven and your why is bigger than that, like you're going to stay focused. Everyone can go to a, you know, a Tony Robbins event over a weekend and be like, woo, I'm changing my state. But then your ass is back in your cubicle on Monday and reality hits you right in the face. And you say like, what am I doing? And then you're frustrated because you haven't really declared on what you want. You know what I mean? So you get these people on Instagram, they're fake playing and want all this kind of stuff. They're like, does it make sense for you? Me? You can say like, I get people like, oh, you got a small dick, you're compensating. No, I don't have a, I mean, maybe I do have a small dick. I don't know. I don't care. But I know that like having these cars was something that I always wanted when I was a little kid. I remember being in a single wide trailer. I remember literally thinking that the people at the bottom of the hill in these double wide trailers were rich. Like, that's what I'm saying. So for me to say like, I got these Lamborghinis, I remember when a little kid, I always wanted that. My teachers being like, you, 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 you need to get serious, baby. You need to, you need to, you need to set realistic goals. You know, you, you, people where you come from, like, we really got to think about, you, you know, like, this is what my teachers are pouring on. They're like, they're, they're literally pouring water on my flame. Same with my family. Like, you know, you always got these big grandiose ideas, but the thing is, is I put the work in to do it. I was a dreamer. I was relentless. There's a book called uh, relentless by Tim Grover. And he said, we are born relentless taught to relent. So most people, especially your family and people close to you, like they're like crabs in a bucket. So when you start getting success, they're going to be pulling you back. It's just, I think a lot of it is not even, they're not even trying to be mean. They're just literally like just trying to protect you. Like if I try to tell my mom, I'm doing these, some of these numbers that we're doing, it's just hard to imagine. But she's like, oh, baby, you know, just be careful. You know, I just, I just love you. We just make you moving too fast. Like she loves me, but like that should hold you back. You know, so, so for me with the cars, I just leverage it, get the relationships. I like the cars because it's something that like I check the box, but I'm leveraging it to get relationships. And like this past weekend, a very prominent, you know, surgeon here in Dallas, I'm at the gym. He comes up to me. He's like, Hey man, we're going to do this rally in June. And I'd really like for you to be there. Like, I think it would be fun for us, all of us to get together. If you don't think there's a dollar tied to that event to go on that three day cruise, you're crazy. I'm not trying to do it to be cool. But I'm doing both. I'm hanging with my friends. I'm networking and I'm building my business. Why not leverage your assets? Why not leverage that? So that's what I'm doing with the cars. It's just you're attracting the like people. And when you're in rooms with people that have like common interests, it takes all the gray away. And then people will get down to like, what do you do? Because no one's having to size anybody up. Everybody's equal in there. So that's what I feel. I've been able to leverage these cars and, and other little hobbies that I'm in. So. I like the way you look at the cars with the, as a, as a tool to network that that's how I looked at it, but you know, it's hard to sometimes pull the trigger because you're like, all right, that's a big 
do you, I mean, how are you financing these paying cash? What does that look like there? So here's the thing, what you do. So you can't So everyone's like, Oh, it's, it's, it's a lease. It's a lease. It depends on the residual on the end. Um, I've bought them. Um, I've, I've leased, I've paid cash. I've done a lot of different things. So you can't just walk in the Lamborghini dealership and say, Hey, I want a $250,000 car. Like you can't do it. Right. So you're going to have to stair step up. So, you know, I think when I was, bought my first Lambo when I was 23 and it was Allen Iverson's trade-in. It was actually kind of cool. So anyway, I think the car was 130 grand. I had to, I could, I think Chase gave me a hundred. So I had to pay like the 30 and then the taxes, but then you never really lose with these cars because you're always leveraged. And all I kept doing was just rolling the equity. I just kept rolling it. So as I've like stair-stepped up, they're like, okay, we'll give you 200,000 now. And then 230,000 and 260. So you just keep stair-stepping it up. So then everyone's like, oh, they're, you know, it's a liability. Remember, people were thinking about the payment, not thinking about the payoff. So just to give you an idea, guys, last year I bought a Lamborghini event right. store. 348,000. I sold it for 408,000 six months later. So tell what's a liability. Okay. So, so tell me how that, I'm just saying, yeah. so I took half of that money. I'll yeah. Put, yeah. I took half that money, that money that I put in my hundred grand back in my pocket. I took half of it invested heavily into a company. That's literally going to make me compound more money than I could ever even spend when that thing takes and does its thing. The other half, and I rolled it into on a 488 new Ferrari. So Here's what I did. I took, I made a shit ton of money because the market's crazy right now. So it's an investment. So right now, I think people just need to stop thinking the old way. I think people right now, like they got the Dave Ramsey mindset. And I think I'm not trying to slam what he does, but listen to me, I'm not going to sit here and worry about cutting my fucking cable bill because I want to save $25 or $50. I'm thinking about how can I make $50 so I can have the cable bill. You understand what I'm saying? There's people that like they take the envelopes yeah. and they put the $20 in it and all this kind of stuff. Like I, the, the guy I was doing marketing with and he was really freaking out because everyone was pulling back on marketing like everyone. And he was really worried that he was going to have to start laying people off. And I said, I know he was working with a couple other roofing companies. I said, hey, man, like, what are they spending with you a month? Because I knew what I was spending. And he's like, we're getting ready to lose about seven. Like, it was around 17 grand is what these other roofing companies were. And I'm going to tell you what I did. I said, I want their market share. Now, remember, guys, I'm an entrepreneur. I don't own this company. I'm just a guy on the sales team, right? So I'm marketing myself as Burton Hughes with Newbie Roofing. So I said, what do I need to do? He was like, well, they pulled their marketing. I was like, I want all of what they were doing. I want all of it. I want their market share. I'm taking it off. And he was like, oh, my God. He was like, you literally just saved me from having to lay people off. But I had to, to make that decision to, like, invest, not knowing if the world was literally coming to an end. But I saw an opportunity, and I had to have the stomach to be like, this is what I'm going to do. But to think about it. Me stepping up and then taking over that, taking that market share from those other roofing companies that want to throw on the white towel. I was able to save jobs. We were able to build our company. We we're able to, I was able to have more success. I had my, one of my best years during COVID when everything was locking down. But the thing is, is if I would have been like everyone else and cutting and pulling back, I wouldn't have been able to surge. I doubled my business last year. So the thing is, is like, it's how you want to look at it. So that's the thing that I want people to do. Everyone's talking about cutting and where to cutting expenses. If you're trying to grow your company, you can't cut. You got to expand. If you're going to bring on more people, how can you cut expenses? So then now that everyone's like working with less. So why not think about how you can generate more income? So when everyone was like, oh, we can't knock doors. I'm like, everyone's home now. Let's double down.
You oh, you laid off from your job right now? Come knock doors, put on a polo, let's get it. So the thing is, is like, that was my mindset. So again, me being relentless and being young and everyone telling me to sit down and be quiet, you know, you're, you're too, no. Like, that's my God-given talent. So anytime I ever try to go away from that, anytime I ever try to play small or like try to fit in a box, like I, I would get depressed and I would have this anxiety because I knew I wasn't living to my God-given talent. I know my, I know, I know the Lord's working on my mouth because I know I cuss every now and again. I apologize for it. He's still working on me on that. But for me, I'm able to see the opportunity because I have the confidence that I know I can take calculated risks, but sometimes I can't explain the ROI to you. You talk about analytics, this and that. Sometimes you just need to go to work and roll your sleeves up and let's get it. That's what you need to do. So everyone's worried about ROI and, and I don't know. I want you to just go try. Because I think a lot of times people get stuck. We call it mental masturbation. You can sit here and cut it up and look at all the different ways that the numbers won't work. Or you can literally just go work, knock doors, and, 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 and get after it. And what I mean by knocking doors, like in my business, like we don't have to necessarily knock doors. But maybe knocking doors in your business is get on the phone and making some phone calls or sending out emails or sliding into DMs. Like who cares? Just get after it. Everyone wants to take the easy route. Like how much marketing or, or what's the ROI? Like instead of just do the work. Just do the work and get after it. So that was one thing that I really learned about myself is during COVID, I expanded when everyone else was looking to contract and pull back. And remember, guys, I'm an entrepreneur. This is not my company. This is literally me just investing in myself and taking other companies just as myself. Like, think about that. And I was able to do that. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying, like, that's what I did. Because I'm looking to expand. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to contract. I'm not trying to pull back. I'm trying to look for opportunity to grow. So, Yo, Burden, if I so, ask you, so, scale of one to ten, one to ten, Burden, how how serious are you a, right now about I'm, all this? Scale of one I'm to a, ten. I'm a ten. There's no question. I'm a rolling ten. Oh damn! I thought you were gonna say over ten. I thought you were gonna say like fifteen. <laughs> yeah, but the, that's to you. I I I could have said that, but you know, scale one to ten. I'm all in, man. I, I think that's in. I think everybody. I'm all in. That's that's it. All in on everything. Very intentional, do you, bro. Do you know Do you know Jeremy Miner? Are you familiar with him, bro? I, I have no idea who that is. Okay, he's he's a salesman. So I, I'm just kind of throwing this out here, but he was making two three million a year as an entrepreneur, yeah. and he thought his bosses were making like fifty, a hundred million, whatever it was, because he was killing. I'd make it more than them, right? <laughs> He was so so hindsight. Yeah, years later, he's like, "Well, how, how much were you guys making back then?" And he, they were like, "Way less than you." But they ended up selling that company though for two point two billion dollars. And he was like, "Shoot, well now I'm kind of taking steps to building that." And and has that crossed your mind, or are you obviously you're doing very well regardless? <laughs> But has that crossed your mind to, to step out or is that, are you okay? Cause I mean, entrepreneurs, you can become a billionaire being an entrepreneur. Look at like the guys at yeah. Blackstone, you know, those guys don't own the company. I'm sure they do, but they're billionaires, you know, they, so they, they, they've succeeded being entrepreneurs, obviously, but has that ever crossed your mind or. The whole that- thing is, is um, if you make yourself irreplaceable and you're invested in the company, see, I came down here. I knew one person when I came to Dallas, I knew one person. And I came down here and I was all in that first weekend. I just started getting after my first month. I think I sold 11 deals, made 40 grand my first month. Then I knew I was onto something and I wasn't even good yet. So 
what I've been able to do as I started building this business is, is like I'm pouring into the business. I'm growing the brand. I'm, I'm, we're opening territories and I'm building sales teams. Well, the company came to me because they obviously and they, they gave me owner. They gave me partial ownership. So I'm now partnered in this company. But the thing like, okay. I know my because I because absolutely like you want to think about like, hey, you just want to be a guy, you know, so like in this business, you eat what you kill. So there's no residuals. Right. I mean, that that's how it is. Yeah. The cool thing about it is now. I, I have been given, you know, some, some ownership and there's some revenue share there and I'm building sales teams. So what I'm telling you is, is for me, I know I'm not a CPA. I'm not one. I want to focus on sales and building sales teams, period. That's it. I don't want to worry about the balance. I don't want to worry about, you know, profit and loss. Like I think about that stuff, guys, but that's not my role. My highest and best use is sales, building sales teams and growing the business. So that you got dreamers, you got integrators. The integrators are the people that are in the office ordering materials. They're doing the CPA, they're balancing books, they're paying the contractors. Let them do what they do so that I can do what I want to do. So the reason it makes sense to me being an entrepreneur in this is I'm free and unencumbered. A lot of times people want to open their own business, which I think is great, but then they don't know how to run a business. So for me, I know how to run a business, but for me, it makes sense because all I have to do is focus on one job. I don't overcomplicate it. I know what my highest and best shoes are, and then boom, I get after it. And that's where I've been able to do with this company. And I think a lot of times people make the mistake where, you know, it, it looks sexy, but then next thing you know, you're paying your own, like the insurance and unemployment, and you're worried about all this stuff and you didn't think about it. And next thing you know, you're frustrated because now you're doing all these other roles that literally, like if you're doing what you want to do, if you're doing it and something that you're good at, like you're going to love it. But if you're doing, like you're handling the marketing and the sales and like you're going to literally burn yourself out. Like you just, you don't, you don't have the bandwidth. But if you're doing your passion and you're doing, like you're following your heart, you can work all day. But when we start working on your mind, because you really have to think of all these other different things. Like that's where, that's where the burnout happens. I've done it. So I think it's knowing yourself and, and knowing like to your DNA, like what makes sense and, and saying no to a lot of that stuff, because you're right. I could probably start my own company, but does it make sense for me? What I have, I have a really good opportunity here. And again, I'm best, I'm putting money into other companies. So it's a win-win. And if you're able to leverage that and you're able to have those conversations, I would tell people to do that for sure. So. So, do you, so door knocking, are you, you're familiar with Knockstar and D2D Con and all that? Have, have you yeah, heard of them? Yeah, so like my license plate is actually Knockstar. That's funny. Um, to be honest with you, yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. This is crazy. I, I don't watch other people's stuff. I don't watch, I, I don't follow any of that other door to door stuff because I don't, I know it sounds crazy, but I'm in such in my own little zone over here. I got my own thing. We built our own thing. Like, Maybe I should, you know, reach out to those guys and talk about it, but I don't. I just literally, we fly in our own bubble. We train our own culture. We got our way. We do things and we just, we keep it moving. And everyone always asks me, do you know these people? I, I, I haven't, I have I couldn't even tell you who they are. I, I think I've heard of their companies because, you know, kind of the circles that I'm in, they, everyone kind of knows everybody, but I can honestly tell you, I've never seen any of their material. I've never looked at it. I've never looked at any of their trainings. I just know what I do and what works for us. And then we build our own platform. So what, what's your training platform? Uh, it's called the knock stars and what we did. Oh, okay. and again, I didn't even know. <laughs> I, I literally was Rockstar, yeah, Rockstar. the reason it came from rock stars, because we had this, we had this like online, like one of my good friends is Ryan Stuman and he had this thing called Rockstar something. So I was like, well, fuck man, like Knockstar, Right. So they like, I Googled it and there was no trademarks. We trademarked it, you know, we trademarked it. We got the website going. So that's what we did. So 
and that's what my license plate is. It's like it's like Knox Star. Everyone's like, "Oh, do you play for the Knicks?" And I'm like, "No, not Knicks. Like Knock." And that, yeah, it's funny. So. Yeah. So so that yeah, there's their their solar. Yeah. It's a solar uh, training. Well, door to door, pretty or much. It's solar, but then it's also. I mean, there's a lot of these. I mean, there's a lot of people doing like. What's the company that's? It's not Ring. I think they're like Orange Vivint. I mean, I think I think a lot of those. Yeah, are heavily tied into that those same programs too because it, it makes sense because they're selling all sorts of stuff for the houses. So are they infringing since you have all those trademarks and patents? No, they- I mean, no, I no, I, I don't think there's any type of infringement because it's separate. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm not really too worried about what they're doing. We're going to do our own thing and we're going to stay winning. So, I, I yeah. like I like that Burden doesn't care. Yeah. He's just in his zone. He's like, this is what's important to me. Yeah. And then you just do it, man. Like, and it's the same thing. Like people ask me, like, have you seen this? My fiance Roxanne's like, Josh, you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and I'm like, I have an idea. Yeah. I'm just, I'm in the zone. Like you get in that zone and like, you're focused on, you know, giving back to your church, you know, building multiple businesses. You said you have some kids and you spend yeah, time with them and obviously uh you reinvest back into your body so i feel like a lot of people do get too worried about like what bezos or musk is doing it's like dude you're not them like they are <laughs> in a league of their own yeah. like that first of all they're super duper duper smart and like they're crazy like you can't you just can't compare yourself to other people and i really like that that you're just doing you man you know i <laughs> You know, what's really funny, man, is my 20s, like I said, I grew up, man, my mom was married 11 times. I had a brother that was murdered in a drug deal. Another brother committed suicide. I'm talking violence. Like, I've seen it all. I've been through it all. I was super depressed one time because I let, like, I let society, I let how other people, see, when you're different, different scares people. I've always was different. You looked at my, like, my kindergarten, my first and second, third grade report cards. It was always like, socializes too much, does not listen, like, you know. I thought I thought is abordination. I would get a check mark for is abordination on my report card, and I was the only one that got it. And I'm like, yo, I'm the only one that's good. I didn't I didn't know it was a bad thing. I I was getting like all these my freaking red my report cards were red. You know what I mean? I was a good kid, but like man, I was always thinking big, and like I was like, well, I would find like holes, like they would explain stuff, but then I would I was like I was like like a little MacGyver. I couldn't explain it, but I knew that like. I could go in and be like, well, this is, we could do a, a better way. Well, this is how we've always have done it. I'm like, ah, I don't, but, but like at a young age, I was like reworking things to figure out a way to like make things go faster or rework a problem and be like, I was optimizing everything. And I didn't even know what I was doing when I was a kid. Like I was like problem solving, but like it was innate. Like it wasn't like you sit down and explain this stuff to me. I was almost like blissfully unaware of what I was doing. But if there was ever a recipe for someone like me that's like in sales and they're, and they're talking to people and they're building sales teams, like it was, I literally swear to God, it's a gift from God. It's in my DNA. So all these different times I was getting frustrated and I was like, maybe when the market crashed, I'm like, maybe this is a sign that I just need to like play it safe and, 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 and be a sales manager for a company that has benefits and all this kind of stuff. And whenever I ever tried to even have those type of thoughts, I would get super depressed because I felt like, like a caged lion. I felt like I was selling out and it really, like, it really, it really bugged me. So my whole twenties, I had this mindset that I had to step on you to get where I needed to be because I had like this junkyard mentality. Like if guys, if we were in a sales office, typically I was the number one sales guy, but my attitude was terrible. 
because I didn't like you. I would be, I would be say, I, I wouldn't be like be mean to you, but like you were my competition. And if you were selling houses, you were yeah. taking food out of my mouth. So I was literally, I'll be damned if I was going to take that. You know what I mean? So like I was winning, I was hitting numbers, I was killing it, but I was climbing this ladder only to realize my ladder was against the wrong wall because I was chasing something. But as I made more money and as I was hitting, I was number one, all this kind of stuff. It was very unfulfilling. And I don't know what happened when I turned 30, like the proverbial, like there was like a light switch. I don't know if it's just like a, like a softening of my heart or if I was like the Grinch and my heart like grew like four sizes bigger, you know? But like when I turned 30, like, I was like, man, like, that's not the way, like, you can go faster going alone, but like, if you want to go far, you got to go together. Like, I mean, that's just, that's just true. So then I started realizing like if I leverage relationships and I, and I really poured into people, then I started building teams and then I could actually duplicate myself. And that's when I started getting the joy of like people that were struggling in their businesses. I was able to help them. I, and, and then I got this big, I don't know. It's like an epiphany went off. I can get my goals. I can hit my numbers and I can help you hit your numbers. There's plenty of us to grow. And man, when that light switch hit, I, I felt again, once in my life, I felt free and unencumbered. I didn't have the anxiety and the stress and the depression because I always felt like I had to fight. But all it was, it was like my mindset was wrong. But then once I realized together we can do this, I'm not trying to be kumbaya. I'm not, I'm not sitting here like drinking that Kool-Aid. I'm just saying like we all can work together. There's plenty of us plenty for us to eat so you're talking about like door knocking i want them guys to kill it because if they're selling they're selling um like solar panels guess what sometimes a roof's gonna need a new roof if you're gonna put solar panels on it so either way i'm gonna get it period you know or if i sell the roof and i can refer it out to a solar company we just recently started our own solar division but the thing is it's like there's plenty of us to eat i think people get you know caught up in what everyone else is doing but if you just stay in your lane and do your thing like you, you just can't go wrong. But I just figured out once I started thinking about collectively and even this past weekend, everyone's like, well, you were sharing like your secrets going after real, like I'm not sharing my secrets. If I do better and I can pour in other people, it makes the industry better, you know? So that's how I'm looking at it. Like I'm that, that's where I'm at in my life right now. And maybe that's what happens when you're in your thirties. Now I'm 39 and be 40. Like who knows? I'm going to turn into Gandhi. I'm going to be Gandhi when I'm like the roofing Gandhi when I'm 40. I don't know. But I just know that I know I'm in the right lane right now, and I'm. You're you're a little bit bigger. You're a little bit bigger than Gandhi. I've seen your Instagram pictures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So one one thing I, I loved about your one thing I loved about your book, Burton, is uh, you, you hired uh, at such a young age. I don't remember what you did. You were like, I wanted to be Mister America. I can't remember exactly. You wanted to be pretty much top of the game. And you were like, I hired the best trainer. I don't think you could really afford him or whatever it was. And he was like, you got to get fat and then you got to get skinny again. And that always was like, all right, that because like, I'm skinny, I'm skinny naturally. I guess probably you are, maybe you are too, but how do I get thicker? How do I get bigger? And I was like, that is right. That is, that kind of clicked in my head. So, but um, I, I yeah. just want to speak. So one, like, again, coming back to my book, like the assets, I talk about like your fitness and with your fitness, I mean, your physical fitness, but I also mean like your mental fitness too. So you're right. It didn't matter how much money I made or I was coming up to success. Like I didn't have a confidence. I couldn't buy confidence. You can't buy being in shape. You can't buy confidence. Like I hid behind kind of like number one and sales and all that stuff. But like, you still have to look yourself in the mirror and like, are you proud of yourself? Are you where you want to be? Are you the most elite version of yourself? 
And a lot of times we can fake and you can walk out and you can put the Superman outfit on or you put your work uniform on and you can kind of step into a character. You can step into a role. But what I realized is like I couldn't buy confidence. So I hired a trainer and a dietitian because I knew that I only had limited resources and that for me to be the best version of myself, there's some boxes that I needed to check. And did I think I wanted to be a bodybuilder? No, like I had like, no, I wasn't thinking like that. I was thinking like, I always had like good shape. I kind of like a swimmer body. I was a model, like Abercrombie model and all that stuff. But like, I was still like skinny, you know? So I got a trainer and a dietitian and man, he was having me eat steak and sweet potato and cherry pie filling. Dude, I went from like 136 to 216 fat, like probably diabetic and all this stuff. Like, but we had to, I had to get anabolic. I had to put on muscle, but like, and other people that say like, well, you don't know what it's like to be fat. Yes, yes, I do. Because I went from 136 to 216 in a relatively quick time. And then I went from 216 to 154 in, in five months. So Whoa. here's what I did, fellas. All right, Christian Bale. I, Christian I, I, Bale getting for, ready for his next movie. Brother, <laughs> all I did was do the work. You know what I mean? It was seven meals a day, five meals, two snacks, cardio in the morning and workout in the afternoon or whatever we did. I followed it to a T. Because I wanted the result, but I'm coachable. I don't, I don't hire someone just so I can bounce ideas off them. I want someone to tell me and pull me on my shit. If I'm not, you know, if I'm like, hey, man, like you're slacking a little bit. Like I want that. Because the thing is, if you don't have someone pushing you and holding you accountable, you, you, the way you look at yourself in the mirror, you're looking at yourself through a distorted lens. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna tell yourself it's okay to take your foot off the gas. It's okay to take a break. You know, like you need someone like on you. So I got a coach that was going to be on my ass. Well, literally what happened is, is I ended up, Within nine months of all of this, guys, I won Mr. Ohio. And then I took a year off to like actually do it. And the thing was, is like, they were like, well, let's put these board shorts on. There's this new division called Men's Physique. And I'm like, ah, you know, whatever. Just go, just do it. Just try. I'm like, fuck it. Let's roll. So I put these board shorts on. Guess what? I won nationals. I turned pro. But the thing is, is like, I fast track that. I don't have the best genetics, but I'm going to tell you what, my hard work is what has put me where I'm at. Because when most people take their foot off their gas or they back out or they tell themselves they can't do something, like I'm almost blissfully unaware. I'm almost too stubborn. And let me tell you, my boss, when I was a new home sales, said, I was like, man, I want to get in shape. He said, you don't have the bone structure for it. Like quit being silly. And every day I tapped that button. I kept tapping that button because I remember Bill Costello. God love him. He's a good dude. But he was like, you don't have the bone structure for it. Every day that I didn't want to eat my meals and I didn't want to train, I just thought about and maybe it's just me being petty. I don't care. But I use that as fuel when he said, you don't have the bone structure for it. Well, the funny thing is, is turns out I did have the bone structure for it. I just needed to put in the work. You know what I mean? So then I yeah, myself. Yeah. The- Burton, you're alive, man. You got some energy, bud. Bro. You know, we had Ari, my, Ari Mizell on yeah. a couple podcasts ago. Um, and it's funny because I was like, well, what do you know what I mean? Do you, do you know what a flow state is yeah, Burton right now? Yeah. So do you, I feel like your whole life is a flow state, <laughs> you know, like your whole life. And I had this conversation with Ari. I'm like, well, I just want to live my whole life in a flow state. He's like, no, nah, no. Nah. So it kind of got a little philosophical. Like you can only do certain times, but I kind of feel like you're so present that you, you might be in it more often than most you know can i tell you what it comes down to is like you read my book man like if you read it you know that you know that it's trials and tribulations that i've had my story's not better or anything i'm not telling it to, to impress people i just to impress upon people like these are the things i've experienced and this is how i've worked it 
So when I talk about your mindset and your faith and your family and your fitness and your finances, your network, I gotta live it every day, guys. Every day is the same. Like, I don't know if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I don't care. I wake up every day and know exactly what I need to do. And I follow through with it. The days that I don't want to get out of bed today, my ass was on the Stairmaster. You know, burn, you know, what was it? 413 calories or whatever it was. And that 30 minutes was on the Stairmaster. I was listening to a podcast. I was thinking about this podcast today on things that I want to speak about. But I've already, like, every day I do the same. It, it, it. When, when do you rest, Burden? Do you have a rest day? <laughs> you do know you what sleep guys is yeah i sleep seven eight hours every night but the thing is is like i don't even have to set an alarm clock anymore like i said it because like you know i don't want it like the one chance that i don't but man like i'm not tired guys that's what i'm saying i'm li- I, listen i don't i don't do anything i don't want to do like that's nice i literally choose who i want to be with i choose who i want to work with like everything is on my terms and i know that sounds really self-centered guys but think about this i am never in a situation that i'm not like where i don't want to be like I choose. And when you're in that state and yeah. you can literally dictate like your surroundings and who you want to be with. Now, listen, that's not by like that's literally by design. So every day I, I don't feel beat down and tired. I look at myself and I look pretty good for 39. I take care of myself. My goal is to be able to walk my daughters down the, you know, the aisle in 20 years. But I don't have the stress. I don't I, I, I don't because I'm, I'm everything I'm doing is on purpose. And, and it's it's not realistic. It's just I, I, I just. Every day I wake up, I know exactly what the plan is. I know what I'm going to do. And I just I do my day. And when I fall asleep, I just do it again the next day. And if I want to take a break. So you, you yeah. have no you have no fear factor. You have no fear lid. You have no, really. you know, where do, where do you think that comes from? Is that genetic? Is that self-taught? Is that mindset? Like, where do you think that, do, do you know, did that kick in when you were like 16? Or is that, you know, it sounds like it's maybe it was always with grew you. Up, man. I think that's just like, your... no, seriously, I, I think it is because I know exactly what I don't want. Like, think about this. Like, I knew what I came from. So, he, really funny. Another roofing guy spoke with me this past weekend. Think about this. I think his company's going to do 140 million. I, I'm guessing, right? This guy moved to the United States with $500 in his pockets from South Africa. Okay. He literally lives in a $9 million house here in Dallas now. But what I'm going to try to tell you is like, I said, holy shit, Kurt's calling me. I said, hey, man, what's going on? What's going on? He's like, hey, he didn't even say hello. This was a little while back. He said, you ever feel like when you wake up in the morning that your back's against the wall? And I'm like, uh, every day. He's like, me too. He was like, just something to think about. Uh, I'll talk to you. And then he like hung up and that was it. But if someone like that literally has the mindset that every day, it's not a scarcity mindset, guys. Well, what am I thinking about? Someone like that at that level can wake up and literally feel the pressure to, to, to like it's in a good way. Like if you feel like your back's against the wall, you're not like resting. Like you're literally purpose driven. That's why their company is growing. But I'm also going to tell you, this is also a guy that doesn't have a lot of stress because he knows exactly what he's doing. And, and, and just like me, I have no doubt if I make a decision, I have no doubt. I, I sometimes I make wrong decisions, but I can figure it out. I can unfuck those decisions. But if I make a decision, I'm never like, oh, what should I do? I'm very clear on what I can do. And if it works, let's roll. But if, if it's a wrong decision, I can pivot. So I'm, I'm never in doubt on what I'm going to do. And I'm absolutely certain on everything that I do. And I don't know if that's something from the way I grew up, but I don't know how to be a father. I know how not to be a father. I don't hit my kids. I don't really yell at my kids. Like I pour into them. I pour into the relationship. I show up. You know what I mean? So in business, I know I fuck yeah. people over. So I don't. I literally, with integrity, like everything I do is typically, it's with it's an integrity. And when you start living like that, guys, you're not tired anymore. 
You're not frustrated. I think most people are walking around on this earth right now and they're frustrated. But if you ask them why, they wouldn't be able to tell you because they're frustrated and they're getting and they're snapping at their kids and yelling at their wives or whatever it may be. It's like, bro, what are you so mad about? What are you frustrated about? You're in control. What, what is it? Because they're so busy. They're so busy. Doing right? nothing. It's what they're, they're busy not being dollar productive or whatever it may be. You know, so once you get absolutely certain on what you want and what you, where you're wanting to go, and I don't mean like, again, I'm not talking about setting these weird goals because it's January. I'm talking about like, what do you want? And once you figure out what that is, then you don't have to stay motivated. You don't have to go to, you know, conferences that get jazzed up because you're living with purpose. You know exactly where you're going. And if you're not there and you can make the pivot, you'll make the decisions you need to do, but it's not based on motivation. You see what I mean? And, and, and I sleep. I'm not one of those worker bee guys. If I want to go, I, I pick my daughter up almost every day from gymnastics. I go to her gymnastics events. You know, we have dinner together. Like I'm present, brother. I see these guys that have their own companies. I'm like, when's the last time you go to a dance recital, bro? He's like, never. I was like, but your kids are in the best dance classes, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, your kid's 15. He's on one of the best soccer teams. His soc- his son's soccer team beat the women's Olympic team. And these kids are 15, like legit, no doubt. I said, you don't go to your kid's soccer events? He's like, no, man. I was like, you're self-employed, and that's bullshit. I was like, your kids deserve more than that. You know, the funny thing is he started crying. It's not funny. But he started crying. He said, man, you're right. He's like, here, I thought I was putting in, and I was putting, you know, putting. but kids just want his time. I said, yeah, man, you're successful. But, like, you're dropping the ball on the most important thing in your life, your family. And then when I started talking, man, the proverbial light bulb went off. Guess what, man? This guy packs a gym bag every morning now because he wants to be healthy. He goes to his kids' events now, and his business is better than it ever has been because he's living with intent and he's living with that purpose. So that's what this stuff's all about, man. And I hope that people are listening to this right now that are frustrated. Figure out what you want. And if you are frustrated right now, it's because something's not in agreement. Something's not aligned. And that's, and that's really what this book was really going right after is that work-life balance. It just, it's impossible. It's a negative mindset. If you're trying to balance something, that means you're pulling from one to feed another. The scale's going to tip. And if something's at balance, it means that it's zero. I don't want to be at zero. I want to be at a hundred miles an hour controlled. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that. Yeah. Yeah. So question about earlier, you mentioned, all right, we're going to spend X dollars on marketing, 17,000, whatever it was. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people out there. All right. When do you pull the plug if it's not working? Right. Do, do you have any advice on that? Yeah. Only thing I can tell you is I go by feel and, you know, with me, like I knew that taking on the, the market share, you know, picking up that extra 17 K that the other roofing companies had pulled back. I knew that there was no way that I could fail. Now, if I double down that money, you can throw useless dollars. I had a relationship with this, this marketing team and I call him a great friend. So I knew that me investing the money that I was aligned with the right people. So yeah, very quickly, if you're spending, you know, 20,000 or whatever it is a month and it's not working, you need to pivot. But I had already established the relationships. I'm already working with people that are doing things with integrity and that things are working. I don't just throw money at problems. I that, that just doesn't work. I still value the dollar. Um, again, you can't, can't always throw money at problems. You actually have to do the work. So with me, like I said, whenever I make a decision, I typically, I would say 80% is by how I feel in my gut. And the other 20% is like, what's the ROI? You know, because a lot of times you just know if it's the right way to go. And again, you know, one of my really good friends, Tom Keenan, he wrote a book called Unf Your Business. But the thing is, is like, if you make a wrong decision, like you can fix it. It's not a death sentence, right? So in this case, if you're invested in marketing or you're afraid, the thing is, the worst thing you could do is not to do anything at all. 
And I think that's where most people get stuck is they can't make a decision. They're so focused on like, you know, the problem, but they're not thinking about, again, they're thinking about the payment and they're not thinking about the payoff. So a lot of times, like the self-confidence that I have right now is I trust myself, I trust my intuition, but a lot of that has come to me being the best version of myself. I feel good. I'm making the right decisions. I'm around the right people. So I have the counsel. So if I'm going to bounce an idea, if I'm going to invest in something, look, I'm in rooms with guys. I'm in, I had a guy that listened to me speak two weeks ago. That was one of the owners of Mossy Oak. He said, you did a really good job, but man, you really need to pour into this, this, and this. Guess what? I spoke on Saturday to exactly what he said. He said, that's what I'm talking about. So I've been able to put myself into rooms with these people by design so that I have the right counsel. I'm not the big fish in the little pond, guys. I don't care about being like being well known. I just know that if I'm around the right people at the right time, the right things are going to happen. So that's how I kind of manage my life is I just make sure that I'm you know, seeking counsel for the right people and I just trust my gut. And if you make the wrong decision, it's not a death sentence. Just figure it out. Fix it. it I think just people are really stuck. I think they just get stuck. And, and then they're just kind of like I said it the other day, you, they, a lot of people die at 25. We just don't bury them until they're 75. And that's really sad to say. But that's I really believe right now is, is, a, is, is something that's sad but true. Do, do you have any financial strategy? Do you save every a certain percentage of every dollar that comes in? Or do you reinvest? How do you? The first 10% goes. Um, I have six. Typically, always right. have like six months in reserves, but everything else is going back into the business, brother. You know, so for me, you know, investing in these businesses, um, that's what I do. So first, the first 10 percent tithe, I have six months reserves and then everything else I'm pushing out. And here's the deal. If you don't have enough money for marketing or if you don't have, you know, if you, you know, I mean, the Ferrari payment guy's 4600 a month. So you can say, oh, my God, it's 60 grand a year. Or you can look at it's not too expensive. It's just can't, you just don't make enough money. I think Grant Cardone said that and it really kind of hit me. He was like, is it that it's too expensive? Or you just don't make enough money. So I look at it as what do I need to do to have the lifestyle that I want? And I know that sounds really egotistical guys, but you got to remember, I grew, up in a, I grew up in a trailer park. I grew up going and getting fucking, you know, ramen noodles for 33 cents. I remember like when I was a little kid, I remember being so hungry that I would be, I would literally wake up because I could hear the stomach pain. Like I could hear like my stomach. So what I'm telling you is, is like people are saying, oh, it must be nice. No, I learned everything on what not to do. You know what I mean? So when you're investing, like yeah. I see the opportunity, I'm in the right people. That's what I do. I think it's very smart for me. 10% goes. When I started doing that, a lot of opportunities or something that happens when you tithe. I think the guy, I think the Lord gives back to you and you guys can say I'm you know, crazy because some people think, oh, it's just a man in the sky. But that's what I believe. And once I started living with that and I started having that type of purpose. So one of my goals this year is to donate, to give back tithe 10% to be six figures. So I need to make a certain amount of money, right? Like that's where my mind's at. And that in the grand scheme of things, like I like the material things because that motivates me. And if people tell me like, no, it's not the good to live like that. It just depends on what your purpose is. If I'm cheating people and I'm stealing and I'm swilling to get those things, that's the problem. I'm not worshiping money. I look at money as a way to, to earn things and build bridges. So if I'm able to reward myself, have a little bit of heaven on earth while I'm building these businesses and pouring into others, and I got a couple of cool cars because that's what makes me tick, why wouldn't you want to do that? You know what I mean? I think too many people are thinking about like, oh, it's a terrible investment. Okay, maybe, but I just told you that I made a hundred grand in six months on one of my cars and I'm leveraging relationships because I'm networking with the right people. Think about it. 
it's not always cutting. Oh yeah. You know? I, I believe if you take some risk and, and it's in, and it, it's well intended, it has well, good intention that it does. As long as somebody, you have an open mind, it, it will pay dividends. What is uh what is your morning routine look like, Burton? Do you have yeah, so <laughs> I, I do. And the reason I'm laughing is it's like this time of year is always funny. Like I'm not trying to be negative, like I'm not a negative dude, but I go, I woke up at 3 30 this morning, I'm getting after it. And I'm like, bro, you're right. gonna be fucking tired by 10. Like, what are you doing? I look at yeah. my schedule typically is this. I try to wake up two hours before my first appointment. So my typical morning is like this. I wake up. I don't scroll social media immediately. I jump into my office or jump on my laptop, you know, depending on where I'm at. I just, I check my emails. I try to put out any, any fires that I can immediately. I know some people say like, oh, you should wait to, you know, look at your email. Like, no, I, I, if you let something fester, like a wildfire, you want to catch it at the beginning because, you know, the more time it goes by. So if I can jump on a problem at 7 a.m. and get it handled, then I've already got a win. So what I do is I wake up, check my email, boom, I get it. I eat half a grapefruit. I'm off to the gym to do my cardio. When I'm on the way to do my cardio, I'm either listening to a podcast, I'm listening to a book. Um, I've been doing listening to Proverbs here lately. Like I just, I'm, I'm listening to all different things. Not always just like self-help and success books. Like I'm listening to like, again, my mind, you know, I, it's just what I'm doing. So when I get to the gym, I literally get on the Stairmaster. So today I was on a Stairmaster. I put that thing on level 12. I was, on, I was busting it for 30 minutes. I was listening to a podcast. I was downloading. So when you're doing your cardio, you're absorbing more information. You're actually able to absorb more information. The epiphany to write my book actually came from me being on a treadmill. It was like, boom, you need to put this on paper. So some of my best ideas, some of my best thinking, some of my best business strategies and marketing comes when I'm doing physical activity because you can't be depressed. You can't be in your feelings. You can't think about stress and anxiety when you're doing work. So if I'm on a treadmill, if I'm on a Stairmaster you know, going crazy, you're like, you don't have time to think about stress. You got time to think about, man, that would be kind of cool. But then that, that, then I put it into action, right? So this morning I woke up, I got my emails out of the way. I remembered myself that we had a podcast today. So I started thinking about what I want to talk about. I got to the gym. I did my thing. I came back, saw my babies. I um, had breakfast. Um, I checked on two jobs and then now I'm on the computer with you having some technical difficulties getting logged in, but we made it work. So what I'm going to do when we're done with this, I'm going to go out and check on my job. I'm going to do some of my follow-up in the afternoon. I got three coaching calls this afternoon because I help people, you know, with their businesses and then help, you know, helping them become the best version of themselves. And then I'll go to the gym at 3.30. I'll be out of there at 4.15. I'll go back out in the field, check on my job, check on the sales team, and then come home, pick up my, either pick up my daughter from gymnastics and maybe have dinner with them and then rinse and repeat. That's what I do every day. <laughs> How does somebody hire you for coaching? Is that even an option yeah. or what, yeah, what does is, that look like? To be honest, um, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm, you can reach me, you know, through the, you know, Instagram and Facebook and things like that. I don't really broadcast it. I don't have this huge machine out there right now. Um, I, I, I got 10 people that I work with. I'm not trying to take on the work. I, I, I literally, it's expensive. My time's expensive. But what I'm telling you is, is I pour into people. I show them what I do. I'm not just, I, I'm literally, I, I literally do what I say. Again, I'm not one of these guys like these fake gurus out here. I'll literally have you come out to Texas, jump in my truck, and we can roll around for three days. And most people by the day two, they're done. They don't want to do this anymore. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Well, what does your family look like? You got you got a daughter? Got, any other? You got one daughter? Three daughters, six, four, and two. Three. My, my, what are they? Uh, six, six. I'm sorry, six, three, and two.
six three. Yeah, my daughter. How? Okay. Are you are you married, Burton? Um. Yeah, separated, but yeah. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Has that been? Has that been tough on you? You know, um, emotionally, yes. Um, but one thing I will tell you, like, when you still live with intent and you still pour into your kids, it's things that are bigger than you. Um, so I still see my daughters every day. I'm still showing up. I'm still their dad. You know, what happens, it, it is what it is. But it has not affected my business because, again, my mission is to be the best version of myself, being the best father. I know that at the end, it's all going to work out the way it should. You know, so most people, when something's out of alignment, um, everything else crashes and burns. So for me, I poured into my business, I poured into my daughters, I poured into the relationships. Nothing is like, nothing is, nothing is suffered. Everything is fine. Like everything is good. So I don't know. That's, that's just how I do it. Again, every day I have a very, 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 very consistent the way I run my day and I'm staying on it. And that's, that's just it. I don't really get hung up on, you know, things that happen, things happen to you, but things happen also because of you. So I just make sure that I, every day I wake up, I'm not dropping the balls and I'm, and I'm pushing forward that that's all you can do. So, yeah. So you have a wall street, it's a wall street journal bestseller USA today. That's like what? 5,000 copies in the first week. How does that work? <laughs> okay. So I couldn't even tell you. So the way, the way yeah. this thing worked is, is like, I, was like, I think I want to write a book. And like I said, I'm in a couple of these masterminds and everyone's like writing these bestseller books. And I'm like, well, I don't want to just write a book to check a box. Like I want to write a book that like, no offense, but I want to write a book that means something. I just don't want to check the box. Like, oh, like bestseller. So I literally poured into this book and I was going to self-publish it. But then, you know how, you know how certain things just happen for a reason during COVID there's like the cars, like the cars. Yeah. Yeah. So during that time, I had the book and I loved it. Like it was my book, but it wasn't reader centric. So again, being coachable, I wrote the book, but it was more of an autobiography and I thought it was great. Everyone loved it. We had, you know, but then a publisher came by and they're like, Hey, like I heard you got this book. And it was because someone did me a favor. <laughs> they passed my book up to a publisher and this guy that's like this, uh, um, is a Perlitzer. What's the, 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 again, this is me being unaware, but like, Pulitzer, yeah, yeah, this Pulitzer right. guy like read through my book and he said, man, he was like, um, you need to, we need to do some work here. We need to make it more reader centric because it's about you. And that wasn't my goal. I thought it was reader centric. I thought like, this is the things that I've done. This is where I ruined it. So the funny thing is, is I then rewrote the book. I didn't have the ego to be like, well, this is my book. And this, I could have been offended, but I could have been like, well, this guy knows what he's talking about. And it's coming from the publisher. Well, next thing, you know, I rewrote the book sent it out there and everyone's like it's amazing this is what we need so we tweaked it again next thing i know i ended up getting a publishing deal and then what we did is when we launched the book um i launched it i wanted to have it in all formats like audible you know kindle and print and hardback next thing you know the book took off but then we were then marketing it i didn't want to just be a big splash in the pond we just kept marketing it and then we were pushing these like reading groups and going after those you know this next thing you know in december man it just popped Number one on Barnes and Noble, number three on Wall Street Journal, 117th place. Like I've never been so excited to get 117th place to get on the USA Today list, whatever. Um, and I was like number three, number uh, number one in three or four different categories on Amazon. So like, listen, guys, what I'm saying is resonating with people. And it wasn't a splash in the pond. Like I'm speaking on things that people need to hear. I don't think I'm saying anything revolutionary, but I think I just got a pretty cool way about it. And I weave some of my own testimony in there. And if you read the book, like, 
I don't think the book is always 100%. There's probably some things I would have maybe added, but we had to edit and take a lot of stuff out. So a lot of stuff like I had to, you know, but I got a book too kind of in the works right now too. So for me, it's just being able to pour into others. If this book can help people because everyone's frustrated, I thought this was away from my book. And then also in a weird way, guys, if I were to pass away today, I'm not trying to think like if I were to die, but I want my kids to know who I am. My kids are still young to where like my oldest daughter may know, but my daughter is three and two. I want them to know who their dad was. I want them to know who, know my heart. I wasn't this hard driving, you know, relentless like sales guy. Like, no, like I was a great salesman and I built these companies, but I was a good dude. That's what I want them to know. And that's why I wanted to put this book out there. So now that it's a bestseller, I had a lot of imposter syndrome. Like who wants to read my book? Like, why would I do this? This is dumb. And I had a lot of people from back home being like, bro, like writing a book. Like, who do you think you are? Tony Robbins, like, uh, you know, being mean and all that stuff. And man, that's why I don't associate with those people. But what I know is, is when the numbers don't, I love numbers don't lie. That's what I like about sales. Everything can be subjective. But if you're number one in and out and you're getting these sales on these books, man, the numbers don't lie. So I know I'm doing the right thing just basically because I can look and see what the numbers are doing. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Are you still door knocking? You know, the funny thing is, yeah, I do a little bit. So what we do is we have new sales guys. We're building these teams and I take them out there and I, I, I door knock because I think a lot of people are like, oh, that doesn't work. Absolutely, I do. And then we're doing jobs. Like I think of myself as like the mayor. I think of myself as like the liaison, the face of the company. So I'm out. And we're doing a job. I'll knock the neighbor's doors and be like, hey, um, I'm Burton Hughes at Newview Roofing. Um, if there's any trash that blows in your yard, just please. Like, I, I don't want you to be upset. We try, I and mean, the wind you know, is blowing and things like If any trash comes in your yard, please let me know. I hang with, I, I give them one of my cards. And next thing you know, they're like, hey, like, I see you getting the roof done. I was like, yeah, we're here. I, I, we can do a quick roof inspection for you. I can have one of the guys take a look at it. And if there's damage, we'll work with your insurance company to get it taken care of or whatever it may be. And I, I love it. I like being out in the field. But I think of myself as like a mayor. So I'm out, you know, politic and meeting the neighbors, but also growing the company. I think that that matters. I think a lot of people don't do that. I think everything right now is so transactional. I think what's is, is really proven successful for me, guys, is I run my business from a relational standpoint. I'm building relationships with people, you know, there's transactional and there's relational. I think that's what made me successful is I'm pouring into others and I'm actually getting out in the field, meeting these people. Are you driving the Lambo? No, the Lambo. Guys, I got my truck. I got an F two fifty diesel. It's my favorite car. It's the one that yeah. makes money, you know. But no, I like my truck. My why not? Why wouldn't you drive the Lambo? Do you think it would give I the mean, rock, like? the thing is, they're gonna be like, "Well, this guy." I'm curious how that. Would I mean, go. think about it. I think it depends on the, the the client. And I will tell you when I have my. Yeah. I, I, all right, I'm gonna say this. I had a I had a customer. See, I, if you look me up on social media, you see the like cars and stuff like that, but they don't know that I'm invested in other businesses. They don't know that I'm on covers of hundreds and hundreds of like book covers. I've been a fitness model. You know, they, they don't know all this stuff. They know me as like Burton, like this roofer guy. Right. So I had yeah. a customer and she was like, are you going to be able to take care of our house? She was being kind of like, kind of being a little snooty. You know, it was a big deal. I wanted the deal, but she was kind of being kind of, you know, so I just, I pulled up in my Bentley to sign that contract. Guess how that conversation went completely <laughs> different. <laughs> Sometimes you got to, sometimes you got to posture, man. Like, I don't think the land makes sense, yeah. but like with this company, like my car costs almost as much. I, I don't want to get like that. Cause don't people, I just need to just let them know. Like they just needed to know. And I rolled up in the Bentley. Yeah. Husband Mayor, was like, Oh, I like Mayor Burden. Yeah, sorry. Rolling up in the Bentley, the Rolls Royce, the Lambo. So I, I want to reel it back. Right. Like lights went out right now, Burden. What are you most proud of? Go being a dad. And helping people. 
by being the best version of myself. If that, if that happened right now, I knew that I have, I have no regrets. I have, um, I wish I should have, I don't have it anymore, man. I don't. What are your daughter's names? Coco, Pepper, and Gigi Guinevere. We call her Gigi. I love those names. What, what about mentors? What, do you have mentors in your life or, or have you had yeah. any? Or do you not yeah, man, I, I've, I've got several. Um, so my very first mentor was a high school music teacher. And um, I sent one of my books to him because he told me I was the, the dumbest, smartest person he ever met <laughs> when I was in high school. He literally wrote, you have to be responsible on the back of a gift, on the back of his business card. He was the teacher, you know, that, was it was kind of like I said I grew up really rough I went to a very bad high school a lot of violence and, and things like that but he was like the oasis he was like that one special teacher that is just you know a diamond in a rough and he poured over me and that was my first mentor that was the first person who told me I could and the only person standing in my way is me so what's stopping me me right so he put you have to be responsible I put that in my wallet until it literally turned to dust literally it turned to dust so this past year, when I started, when I wrote my book and it started hitting, I sent him a copy. I don't know if he's gotten it yet, but it could be going out. And then now when I started, you know, you, you emulate people you want to look like. So when it comes to the fitness side, Jay Cutler, Jay Cutler is like Mr. Olympia. I thought we were interviewing Jay Cutler when you hopped on here and I was like, wait. Yeah. So really cool story. That was my Superman in the 2000s when I would want to go to the gym. Like I would watch his videos. Guess who's like a really good friend of mine now is Jay Cutler. We talk pretty regularly about cars or whatever. I'm just really proud of you. Funny thing is when I turned pro, he came up to me that weekend and was like, bro, everyone says, everyone says we look alike is true. He knew my name. I damn near fainted because in the Midwest, everyone was like, Bro, you look like Jay Cutler. I swear to God, every day, even today. Well, the funny thing is, is he was like, everyone was saying, hey, Jay, you got this guy in the Midwest. is like this physique pro. Like, you got, so like, I was telling people, I look like him. And then people were telling that he looks like me, you know? So we kind of bonded over that. And now we're like pretty good friends. So that was another mentor. It's weird when you're mentor. Or like stepbrothers. Stepbrothers. Weird, right? You, you guys do look like, I just saw him in a Netflix yeah. documentary. Uh, who was the other guy that won like nine or ten? Ronnie in a Coleman. Row? Ronnie Coleman. Name? Coleman. Ronnie Coleman. Right. Yeah. Ain't nothing but a peanut. Yeah. yeah. Everybody wants to be a body. Everyone wants to be big, but no one yeah. wants to lift these heavy ass <laughs> weights. Yeah. <laughs> but him, Ronnie lives here in Texas, man. He lives here in Dallas. So, like professionally, man, like I didn't have these people to look up to. But now, like, Ryan Stuman is a really someone I really look up to, a mentor. Sammy Knight, like I told you, that's the guy that, you know, I mean, he's just an amazing, like, my grandpa. I was in a Cabo trip, and this, I was like, who's this old guy telling these funny jokes? And I just thought he was someone, I, I didn't know who he was because he's not out here. Like, this is who I am. I come to find out, like, who this guy is. I'm like, this guy's a billionaire. And, like, and he's talking, you know, it, it's crazy. So these are people that are literally pouring into me, and they're pulling me up. And then what I'm doing now is I'm pulling other people up, man. Like, it's just how it goes. So as we're all reaching up, man, you help pull other people, you know, below you. So yeah, I've got mentors. I got Kurt Leinington that's in the roofing industry. Just a great guy. But these are guys that like, I truly can call friends and they're good people. And if you were to shine a light and the darkness on them, them dudes are living pure. They don't have any skeletons in the closet, man. You're just good people. And yeah, I may have to pay money to be in rooms with some of these guys because he's masterminds. But then I was able to network from there. And, and, and foster and build the relationships. Sometimes you got to pay the money again, investing in myself to put myself in proximity to seven, eight, nine, 10 figure earners. I mean, 
you're not going to be in proximity, but if you can get in proximity of those people and get them bought into you, a lot of these guys, man, you're special, man. You got something cool. I really like what you're doing. If someone's saying that like to you, it's helping me with my confidence and I know I'm on the right track. You know what I mean? I like that pay to play to get, I had to, sometimes how to do it. But like, I know that there's, if you're any money that you can spend, I think the best investments I've ever spent is investing in myself. And I know it sounds super like, a lot of people are like, that sounds egocentric. And it's, sometimes you got to be self-centered, guys. You can't pour from an empty cup, you know? So for me, like, I want to be the best version of myself. So yes, I'm in the gym twice a day. And I, and I, and I got a couple of these cars. Like, but but, but it, it's a way for me to keep my, my cup filled. And then I can pour into others. You know what I mean? But if I'm a yeah, I, yeah. and I'm not. What about, what about? How could I help and foster and help build other people up? You can't pour from an empty cup. So that's why I do man. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I love coming on these podcasts. What? because you know you're asking me cool questions i love it but then i'm able to talk to your people and you're able to pour some insight on me so it's like a two-way street man you know i just think that everything is so transactional right now and especially during covid man everyone really the people that are doing well are the people that are doing things more of a like relational less transaction more relational people want to have the relationship they want to grow they want to know people i think that that was one of the biggest things with covid there was like an epiphany there's been a paradigm shift and i know you guys have seen it people are talking more people are like they're not taking that for granted anymore man so and i'm just glad to be part of it who who, who yeah. pulled you up burton who was the first person to pull you up other than that teacher um Was there an experience or a person? No. Or was it just like inside it was you, in something inside you? No, I, I really will tell you guys, like everyone, everyone always tell me to sit down and be quiet. And I did for a long time. And it wasn't until like, I just, I didn't change. Everyone's like, man, you've changed, you know? And I'm going to tell you guys, like I never changed. I just stepped into who I was supposed to be. And I'm nice. where I want, I'm not anywhere. I, we can wake up and you can be grateful for what you want. Like you can be grateful. Like, I think that's really important. I think you should wake up and you should do your daily affirmations. I don't do it all the time. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I do, but think about this. If you can be grateful for what you have now, but then also have the aspiration to go and get what's next. You're unstoppable because it's not a scarcity mindset. You can be grateful for what you, have, but you can still grow and get after what you want. I think that when you have that type of like, you're unstoppable. And the people that I have around me are like, man, you can be doing more, like not more like from a negative standpoint, like spreading myself thin, but like, you can have more influence. Think about more people. Now that I've gotten this book, more people know me. So now I can speak more. Now I'm, you, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not taking on more work. I'm taking on more purpose. That's what's awesome. Have you had something like weird happen? Like someone come up to you like randomly and be like, hey, man, I don't know you, but like someone told me that you're going to like help a lot of people. Have you had like an experience like that? So you just gave me the chills, man. Um, the weirdest thing that I'm starting to experience now is <laughs> I don't even want to get kind of misty eyed because your people are going to be like, this guy's a clown, but writing this book and seeing how many people I could tell you how many hundreds of DMS that have people have said, man, like, you know, I was sexually abused as a kid and, and, and your book, like resonated with me, man, that, that, that I, that I do matter, that I'm not just an object, like, bro, like I'm getting choked up because like when, you know, something that I was literally on a treadmill 
and I had this epiphany that I should put some things down on paper. And then I see people like it's changing the way they think of things. And the one guy's like, man, I'm a better dad, man. I spoke a couple of weeks ago and this guy was like, man, the, the way you pour into your kids, man, he was like, I was building my business and then my, 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 my relationship failed, but I didn't want my relationship with my kids to fail. And I told him my story and these guys are like stepping up and I'm like, you guys need to read the book, like stronger fathers, strong daughters. Cause what we do matter. Like guys, we're not showing up in the household. Like it's weird when I go to the grocery store with my kids People look at me like I'm an alien because people just don't see their kids with their dads anymore. Like we're not showing up in the house. You know what I mean? So I'm seeing these people writing me these DMs and saying like, man, you really like, like the proverbial light bulb went off. And I'm like, I didn't say anything revolutionary, but maybe just when they're reading the book, they were at that point in their life that they were to receive it, you know? So those type of things. And I've had people come up and be like, man, you're different, you know? And, and, and when it was old me, like different scared people. Now people are like, man, you just got, it's because I'm living authentically, man. I'm living with purpose. I, I, I think that there's like a, like a vibe or whatever it is, man. But like daily I'm getting those. And honestly, their affirmations there, they're, they're letting me know I'm doing the right things. You know, like that's how I know it's like confirmations that I'm on the right path. And as long as I stay in this, yeah. and I don't lose sight of what I'm doing. I just don't see how I could go wrong. I just don't. So, Burn, you're, you're it's strong for so many people, better man. and better. What'd you say? It's gonna keep getting better and better for you, Burton. I, I can feel it, man. I, 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 shut up, I, Josh. I, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Burton. What kind of books you? do you? I can you hear your books? microphone right now. Y'all got <laughs> Andrea. Well, you had to say something, and Josh, you had to say something, man. So you have to flip a heads or coin, heads or tails on. He's gonna ask me. Hans, Vern, you pick any, meeny, miny, mo. Uh, Captain Andrew flies to our Andrew shoot. Books, books. What are a couple? You got some back yeah. there. What do yeah, you recommend? These are a couple of my favorites. The best book I ever read. Dad okay. told me to read it when I was fifteen, and I was super embarrassed. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" The book that really, because the only time I read books was like you had to like read them for school, and I hated that. But Andrew yeah. Carnegie, the How to Win Friends and Influence People, was the book that. The first light bulb went off, that one. So you asked me what my first mentor was. Maybe right. it was him, but he was already dead and gone. But he didn't know he was my mentor. But that book changed the way I looked at things. And I think another book that's a really good one is Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters is up there. And another right. really good book. A lot of people, Grant Cardone, he, he, like, I, he's an interesting dude. I, I think I like him. Sometimes he rubs people wrong, but... I kind of like some of the things he says. So he wrote the book, be obsessed or be average. And he's talking about like buying a jet and all this kind of stuff. And if you don't have the right mindset to read that book, like that book could really put you off. But what he's saying is be absolutely relentless. You've got to be obsessed. Most people always have a backup plan. See, with things I do, look, maybe I was just too dumb to know it. I was all in. That's all I got. I didn't have anything to fall back on. So when you don't have a fallback plan, when you literally burn your proverbial ships, there's no like, well, I could always like sneak out the back door. No, like, fuck it. I'm going 100%, 100 miles an hour in one direction. Like I said, for me, it didn't have a lot of options. I was the guy that had to put all my eggs in one basket and watch it closely. You know, in the book, he says, you know, my brother and I were walking to the store and I was playing, with, he was playing with his quarter or something like that. And he flipped his quarter, it fell on the ground, rolled down the drain. He lost his quarter. And his brother went to the store. They got candy and he was pissed because he didn't have any candy. Comes home and his grandpa said, look, man, Grant, it's not that you had that you lost your quarter, but it was your only quarter. 
You know what I mean? There's little nuggets here and there in these books that, that you can dissect. But what he said was, is be obsessed or be average. If you're not absolutely all in and loving what you're doing, then like you got to look at yourself. You'll always have a fallback plan. And then you may be in a position right now, you're in a W-2 employee, but you're an entrepreneurial spirit. Look, do what you got to do now so you can do what you want to do. Oh, you work till five, but your daughter's dance recitals or dance classes at 4 p.m. Well, guess what? If you're a W-2 employee, you're probably paid for your time, not your performance. So why don't you talk to your boss about going in from seven to three, right? Do, do you ever tell, do, does anybody ever tell you to like calm down or anything in your yeah. like Burton, like you're bringing it, right? You know, and they're like, dude, you know, do that. What, and what do you, how do you respond to intense, that? Man, I don't, it's out of love, man. I'm not trying to be a drill sergeant. I just get on, I, I, I say, I go off. We'll, we'll be done with this podcast and I will have blacked out. I'll have to go back and watch it. Be like, damn, that was a couple of good things you said there. Cause I don't, I won't. Because I'll yeah. come in like with your energy to the office and Josh will be like, dude, you got to calm, like calm. No, it's down. different. Here's the, it's completely different. I'm a really calm. I'm like, <laughs> It's different. You only think it's, it's different. It's completely different, Burden. Burden, because Burden's He's words, just saying it's different so he doesn't oh, offend you. I, no, 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 no. Because, like, Burden's, Burden's approach, from what I'm gathering, it could be intense, but if you listen to the words that he's saying, they have true meaning behind it. Like, I give people the example, like, if someone like me walked up to the gym and I'm doing something, and Burden came up to me. He's like, "Yo, man, you're doing this wrong. Step aside. Let me show you how to do these tricep pushdowns." And then he's like, "Bam! Look at that tricep." I'm just like, "This guy is an asshole." But if he came over, he's like, "Hey, man, I saw you're doing these tricep things. I'm concerned you may hurt yourself. Can I show you a better That's way of doing approach. it?" That's my approach. That's how I would have done. It. That's, his That's how I would have done it. Yeah. But he could go both ways. I mean, it's the same guy, same intention, but your words. And your so choices. It's kind of funny, man, because when people see me, they're like, you all right? You good? Because I'm actually kind of an introvert. Yeah, I, honestly, like, I think that's what I like about my job is like, I'm in my truck a lot. And I can kind of I'm always kind of, like I said, I've always kind of roamed by myself. When I was young, I was always kind of by myself. I'm like a, a omnivert. So I think what it is, is like, I'm by myself a lot. And I got these ideas. And then when it's like, hey, we're gonna have you on this podcast, I go, wow. And then I can like, <laughs> all these things that I've been running through my brain, like I can just come out and say it. But for the most part, man, I'm preserved. I'm pretty chill. I don't show a lot of like, you happy? Like, good? You excited? I'm having a blast. And they're like, we couldn't. Like, my daughter's the same way. They're like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm having a blast. Why? Because we're just kind of sitting and we're more kind of pensive. And, you know, but when I get on these things and I start speaking on stuff, yeah, it's definitely intense. And I got this weird, like, vein right here that, like, it, like, pops up. Mayor, Mayor Burton, Mayor Burton, um, so you're you're strong for your daughters. It sounds like you're strong for employees. You're strong in the gym. Who who's strong for you, man? Like who who brings you and who's strong for you to keep you rolling? All my relationships, man. Like I've I've got a good group of people around me that pour into me and 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 you know that's it. I don't have any singular one person to be honest. Um, I'm in contact with a lot of my people, and that that's it. Um, I've never been asked that question, so I'm gonna have to like, think about that. But to be honest with you, um, I'll have to think about that because really, I don't know. I'm kind of yeah, kind man. Of, think about it a little bit. Honestly, you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself, man. Because you got we all gotta have people help it, us. Like Andrew helps yeah. me. I help him. We got we got some help here. Like we all need. I help. got my mentors, man. But the thing is, like guys, like I don't have any. Like I really don't have stress. I don't. I, I 
any stress that I put upon myself was for me like to push to perform. But when I literally tell you, when I go to bed at night, like, I'm not like, man, I wish I had more time in the office. Like I'm literally just trying to optimize to try to pull myself out of it. You know what I mean? Like, like how much you bench press burn? How much can you bench press? 400? I don't, I don't want to get hurt. So I don't go over 220. So I'll do 220, like 15 to 20 times versus doing 315. I'm old guys. I'm 39. Well, if you want to see how strong you are, you got to have a spotter to make sure you don't get there. I want to look like I can move a house. I don't care if I can move the house because a lot of times you're not going to have to lift that heavy ass weight. So look at Ronnie Coleman right now. He was, you know, he can't even walk anymore. He's in a wheelchair now because he was like, it ain't nothing but a peanut. He's in a wheelchair now. So for me, I'm at the gym. I'm doing higher reps. I look good. I, I keep myself healthy, but I'm injury free. And I'm not trying to like, I mean, I guess if I had to move the house, I could, you know, if I could had to bench press 400 pounds, like I could, but man, I don't want to get hurt. So for me, I work smart. I make calculated decisions. My diet is 92%. Everything you do is your diet. So when I'm doing my food, like, like the exercise and the food and my mindset and all this kind of stuff, it all plays, man. So to be honest with you, I'm not trying to hurt myself in the gym these days. Maybe when I was 20, but uh, I, 315, I could do for 10, but I never really went over 315 and it just hurts. <laughs> so are you uh are you speaking or going to RoofCon? Isn't that in Dallas I just, this year? Are you I familiar? SRC yesterday? Um, I was on a panel with industry leaders, and then you got this guy Burton Hughes up there that is an entrepreneur, right? It was kind of funny. Like I made it a joke. I was like, "All oh, you guys up here are CEOs with like these, you know, eight nine figure companies, and our company does well, but I don't own it, right?" So it was really funny. So I think a lot of those people I got some DMs after that. Like, man, like I really appreciate what you said up there. You know, but but I spoke at SRC this past weekend. It was really cool. I, I got to meet and and chop it up for a little bit with uh, General Michael Flynn. Um, one of the really cool things over the course of the last couple of years is the rooms that I've ended up being in. Um, I'd like to speak at S- SVG or whatever is in a couple of weeks. Like maybe I'll maybe I'll go to that. But guys, I, I was literally at Matt Slap's house. Like I don't care what anyone's p- political affiliations are, but like I was literally at a house party in D.C. with the leaders of the world, like leaders of our country. Like those are the rooms that in, in like about that single wide trailer kid growing up Columbus, Ohio, just the guy. But my mindset was always thinking big and now I'm putting myself in these rooms and I'm getting invited to these things. So like, I know that I'm, I'm creating influence, but I, I was with Trump's kids. I was, I was literally, I was with Ben Carson. So we have a tech company that builds apps. So think of like WordPress that builds these websites. We got a, a company Skylab that builds apps for these, like Ben Carson's on our board of directors. I mean, think about it. Like, these are people that, like, I'm in proximity with. And it's just crazy. It's just, I just know that I'm doing the right things. I'm with the right people. But I sought those relationships. And like I said, I'm, I'm more relational. I'm building in the relationships. And I think that that's where, if anyone's listening to this right now, is take advantage of that. Like, if you're, if you're growing your business, go to the networking events. Go to the, the um, like, the young professionals groups and stuff in your city and, and really go out and it's amazing what what will happen in the favors. And I think that ultimately is what politics are. And everyone thinks like everyone's also, you're going to be a senator one day. And, and honestly, guys, I, I don't even know, maybe. But if the thing is, is like when, when you're when you're doing when you're building the relationships, like everyone's working, everyone's working together. And I said it earlier, like there's a quote that says, if you want to go far or sorry, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, you go together. I think that that's what I'm being very intentional with right now is who am I putting myself in the rooms with and who am I aligning myself with? Because that ultimately at the end of the day is what matters. So aligning your empire, six assets of alignment. Well, Burden, Mayor Burden, 
Mayor Burden <laughs> has shared everything from, you know, being a strong father for his daughters to being a world champion bodybuilder to uh, balling out buying Lambos and going from the uh, the single wide to, I mean, what would you call it? What, what kind of house you got right now? You compare it to like a single wide. You got a 10 wide, 20 wide. <laughs> I think we're stacked up now. I think we're going like three-dimensional now. Yeah. <laughs> Right, best-selling so author. He's got it going on. Best-selling author. Yep. So, I want to. Thanks for coming on. I want like a moat around it. I'm still a child. I was looking at some houses last year, and they had secret passages. I don't care. I'm 39 years old. I'll be 40. Like, I still want secret passages. I'd like to have a moat with sharks with freaking laser beams, like you know, touch. You know. But, Before I go, I gotta ask. You know, as a father, yeah. what's your best? What's your best dad joke? Oh damn! <laughs> you gotta have one. You gotta have one. Yeah, I do. Um, uh, oh man, hang on. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm making you think too much, Bird. I know, man. I like these much, questions, man. though. I'm gonna have to sharpen up. It's uh. Yo, I didn't prepare. I prepared zero, <laughs> by the way. These are just well, all. Stump, the well, you stumped the guest. Um. Oh yeah, okay. Um, I I know I know what the punchline is. I'm trying to think. It is like what? what um, oh man, it's like uh, what? I'm I'm stumped. I know the punchlines. I can't think of the questions. I was like, what what happens when you sit on the grape? And he didn't say anything. He just let out a little whine. Like I've got little funny ones like that, but. I'm literally stumped. I'm gonna have to get back. We're gonna have to do a. We're gonna have to do like round two, and I'm just gonna come. Round I'm two, part prepared. two. I, I'll give you one, Bert. I'll here. give you one. I'll give you one. All right. What kind of what? What do you? All right. Make sure I gotta make sure I get it right. What? What kind? What? What do you call a drone that delivers milk? I, I don't know. Dairy air. <laughs> <laughs> Dad joke. That's a good Dad joke. Man, I gotta. There you go. Tell it to the girls. I know, that's a good one. I got to think of these, man. I usually have like, I used to have like a bunch on that on, on deck, but I'm stumped. Well done. Well done, Josh. Well done, sir. Thank, thanks. <laughs> thank you, Mayor Bird. Appreciate it. Um, thanks for hopping on. And uh, it was fun. I, I can't wait to meet you in person. Yeah, man, for sure. And do you mind if I just say one other thing just in closing? Yeah. Anything um, you want to say, like, like get it all out. Some of the things I say today, I'm not the smartest dude. I just know that like work ethic and hard work I've put in and I've been able to, I've made some good choices and, and with my book, um, I'm by no means perfect, man. And I, and, and like when I talk about like mindset and faith and family and all these different things, um, I've crashed and burned in all of these areas. I just figured out a way to like rework it. And that was really the goal with the book, you know, and, and one thing I want to leave, like maybe some people right now, you're kind of struggling with faith. And you guys heard me talk about, you know, God's working on my mouth and stuff like that. But I want to close it with this. Faith isn't always what you think it is. Faith is knowing that if you do the work today, tomorrow will take care of itself. That's faith. So I just want people to just, you know, I'd love for you to pick up the copy of the book. If they do, if they don't, it's on them. But, you know, you can reach out to me on Instagram, IF, or um, I'm sorry, on Instagram, I'm Burton underscore Hughes underscore official, Burton Hughes official, just an underscore in between those. And then um, if you're interested in, in, in listening or reading or downloading the book, um, it's on Amazon. Um, you can also go through my personal website. It's www.burtonhughesofficial.com. We have an app on there too. 
that's kind of like an accountability app. But if I said some things today, like to the listeners and it rubs you wrong, why did it rub you wrong? Did I say something that, that offended you or did I say something you needed to hear? Because I think sometimes I'm like the chief reminding officer. Sometimes I just remind you of things you already know. I just have maybe a different way to, maybe a different way to package it or I say it a different way. So right now, if you're frustrated, and you got to find out like, what do you want? What do you want? Why are you frustrated? Because if you don't know what you want, you're just kind of aimless. So I think that's the biggest thing I want the listeners to really think about today is, can you look yourself in the mirror and say you're proud of yourself? Do you have defined, like, do you have purpose? Like, what is that? Because once you get that and you start aligning some of these areas that I talk about, I think it's going to help a lot of people. And I think a lot of people are walking around because they have anxiety and they're depressed, but it's not. They're not clinically depressed or they don't have anxiety. It's because it's situational. It's certain things. So remember, always coming back to faith. Faith is knowing that if you do the work today, tomorrow will take care of itself. Anxiety, depression, stuff that you may be suffering from, it may just come down to something simple like that. That's what I want to close it with. So, Burton Hughes, everybody, that and you got the coolest name, man. I wish it was mine, and and it fits you Thanks, too, man. Burton Prescott Hughes. I needed to be something because they gave me a hell of a name. So. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs>